Hey there, freaks. I hope you're doing all right. It's uh, been a long day. Been a big day. Big day in the markets of Bitcoin. The, uh, the stable period that was August through uh, half of November has come to an end. A lot of volatility today. But before we get to the volatility in Bitcoin, let's introduce you to our sponsor, Baboon. Uh, Baboon makes technical duffel bags for all of Lice's ventures. I'm going on a venture, Matt, in a couple of weeks, and I cannot wait to flaunt my Baboon bag throughout the airport. Uh, the bags use waterproof materials, are tear-proof, and will last forever. Every bag comes with free shipping and a lifetime guarantee. Excuse me, that's a lifetime guarantee. I mixed it up there in my mouth a little bit, Matt, because it's such a good deal. I couldn't believe it. A lifetime guarantee. How many lifetimes? At least one. Just one lifetime? I think one lifetime's enough. You there know? you go. Who knows? Maybe maybe they're doing like, uh, maybe you can buy an insurance policy for like a second lifetime for these bags. This company is so forward thinking. I would not be surprised. Uh, baboon duffels are called go bags and they're designed to go anywhere. Road trips, cabin getaways, quick flights out of town. They come in two sizes, a small for carry on. You put it above your, uh, your seat on the plane and then a large uh, to check. Both sizes can be stuffed in a trunk, carried on your back, or dragged wherever your adventures take you. These bags will never break, period. Uh, they have like backpack straps. You can wear it like a backpack. And if they do break, they'll fix them. You get that lifetime guarantee. I'm a big fan of lifetime guarantee. Uh, it shows that the company has some skin in the game and has some uh, belief in their product, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, see why Condé Nast Traveler is calling it the ultimate weekender. Visit baboontothemoon.com and enter the code CRYPT. That's C-R-Y-P-T to receive 10% off your purchase. That's baboontothemoon.com, code CRYPT, baboontothemoon.com, code C-R-Y-P-T. Baboon's going to the moon, much like Bitcoin is maybe in a few years. Great domain name. Bitcoin's never, not going to the moon right now, excuse me. I didn't mean to say never, but Bitcoin uh, today is is coming back down to earth as opposed to going towards the moon. Uh, We had... The uh, relatively low period of volatility today, Charlie Bellello actually wrote about it in the newsletter today. You were tweeting about it earlier this morning. He jinxed us. He did jinx us. He pointed out that uh, I think Bitcoin's three-month annualized volatility was at an all-time low of 14%. And only hours later, uh, the market broke. It was like 20 minutes later. Yeah. There was like a there was a $1,000 candle. So we <laughs> the price this week, freaks... Uh, Right now, Ooh, it's finally fi- we finally get to read the price and make it matter. It's fifty five hundred and ranging, and right now it's fifty fifty four ninety. Still pretty volatile. And it went lower. How low did it go? It got to. Can st- it get down low? Still using our uh, our trusty Bitstamp here. On Bitstamp, has got it got as low as fifty three twenty five. What about XBX? Uh, oh, you're on Trade Block already. Yeah, XBX. Let me check. I got. I had a request. I had a request from a listener to quote XBX. XBX. That's the index price on TradeBlock for you listeners who don't know. Um, does it not just show it there? Oh, it does, but yeah, it got down to... Oh, you're checking the low? It's at like 5,500 right now on the XBX. Yeah. Um, the XBX charts are not as... Uh, it doesn't show a daily low? It does, but it's at like... The charts are not as good as they are. They're not as granular. No, not as granular as they are for each exchange. What did you say the daily low at Bitstamp was? Uh, fifty three twenty five, I believe. 
Uh, we got some panic in the streets, some blood going out. Yeah. It's, uh, people freaking out, people texting us. You get some texts today? Got a few texts, got a few emails, uh, a few DMs, but I'm, you know what? I'm excited. I got the blood flowing a little bit. It's been pretty boring. Uh, it was kind of nice. I uh, trained a lot of my friends to check my Twitter, so. That's good. Instead, they just texted me a screenshot of me already saying that there's no specific cause for today. It was just pent-up volatility. I was going to bring that up. Um, I thought that was a very good tweet. So will you explain it? Uh, a lot of people are trying to say that uh, Bitcoin Cash and their planned hard fork and hash war that is supposed to commence tomorrow. The hash war. Is uh, the cause for all this. Others, like yourself, would say it's probably just uh, your regular market noise. Uh, it was probably due time, like we said, volatility at all-time lows. There are going to be so many articles, so many articles over the next week couple weeks trying to explain what the reasoning was for why it fell this time manipulation bitcoin cash some other bullshit you know and uh that's what always happens in these kind of situations but when volatility is so low for such a long time it's gonna break hard one way or the other yeah but matt matt the timing of uh, a tweet that went around that made it into the bent this morning from uh Ram- ramen binance I believe it is some weird Twitter name um, posting reposting a message from Jihan Wu in the Chinese chat room and translating it for us U.S. Bitcoin or English speaking Bitcoiners. Uh, and Jihan in that post said that he's going all out against Craig Wright. He's going to move some hash power from Bitcoin to Bitcoin Cash ABC to win this hash war. And as a result, he predicted that Bitcoin's price could fall to five thousand dollars. And not hours later, we had a thousand dollar wick. On very low volume, mind you. Is he manipulating markets? Your facial expressions were great during that um, little rant. Uh, I I also saw that tweet. I don't follow what the fuck Jihan was talking about. Like, why would moving... Yeah, his logic was pretty piss poor. There was no... It, it was just like... Price follows... Or hash power follows price, not the other way around. And not even that. It's like... Bitcoin Cash, they're fighting. We talked about this last pod. They're fighting over uh, who has control of like 6% of the total hash rate. Exactly. It's not even 10% of Bitcoin's total hash rate. So, like, since then, like, Roger uh, Ver uh, on his Bitcoin.com pool, which I don't know why anyone minds with his pool, but apparently some people do, he has 2.5% of the hash rate mining Bitcoin. And then he, I don't know how much hash rate he has mining Bitcoin Cash. Of all Bitcoin SHA-256 hash is Bitcoin.com pool. And he just announced that he's forcibly moving that over to Bitcoin Cash. Um, Like that amount alone should probably tip the scales in favor of uh, Bitcoin Cash ABC client, Mm -hmm. the the anti-Craig client. Yeah, that's what I said in the newsletter today. Like the amount of hash power needed to... It's negligible. Right? That's what I wanted to say negligible, but I I didn't know for sure if that was the correct term. Even moving like 10%, which they don't need to move 10%, is still a drop in the bucket. It just means that for Bitcoin miners, it'll be a little bit more profitable this week. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's no reason for Gian to say, oh, the price will fall to 5000 Like that's He's just, you know, he's probably really stressed out right now. He's lost a lot of money. <laughs> oh, this is actually something we didn't put on the they list. They fucked like, up Jihan, a lot of Rumors things. of Gian getting kicked off the board. Uh, but like also that might just be restructuring for the IPO, like normal restructuring. Yeah. It's hard. There's no like, it's not very clear. There so was other Twitter sure. rumors in the last like 12 hours that 
he's being moved away from decision-making processes uh, as well. I mean, look, it makes sense if people at Bitmain are like, we should just cut our losses here. Yeah, like, I, this was a failed experiment. I would. Uh, well, that's so that was my conspiracy theory at the bottom of the bend. Did you see that? You didn't read it today. I did Pretty read pissed. it today. I did read it today. There was a Kanye link in the bottom, right? Yeah, there was. I, I got treasures in my mind. I got treasures in my mind. So not that far low. Yeah. Higher up than that? A little higher up. But the theory was uh, maybe Jihan, Craig, and crew have come to this realization, and maybe this is a proxy war where they've admitted defeat uh, on the Bitcoin Cash of Bitcoin Cash uh, on the open market and are actively trying to sabotage the project while shorting the markets, uh, destroying Bitcoin Cash in the process. Maybe there will be a failed fork. Each side will be able to blame each other and uh, maybe in a little while come back into the good graces of Bitcoin once they give some penance for, for the folly of their ways. What I, what I think is... And also could be a likely scenario or maybe even more likely. We just like to talk conspiracy theories. These are all conspiracy theories here, people. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I mean, this is, it's speculation. I wouldn't say conspiracy theory. But anyway. That's um, true. Because speculation. in a free market, you know, you have to include shorting things as a reasonable, logical yeah. strategy. In the game theory. Yeah. Um, there could be a play here by Bitmain to increase their Bitcoin cash uh, amount without really spending any money. Because if they let it appear that it seems like Craig is going to take over and that Bitcoin cash Satoshi's vision client (laughs) becomes a dominant client, then they can wait to the last second as all the fork tokens and Bitcoin cash itself fall in price. And then they could buy... Their side, because there's fork futures, right, on on Phoenix and Polo. I think Polo are the hottest ones right now. Yeah, well, Phoenix came second. Polo did it first. Uh, And so there's fork futures. So you could speculate on which fork, Bitcoin Cash fork, will become the one that's worth more exists in the first place. Uh, Because it looks like it'll just be one or the other. Uh, Well, and let's explain why. Because I think Bitcoin ABC wanted to institute replay protection, but... Bitcoin Satoshi Satoshi's like, no vision thanks. was like no thanks. And they copy their code and basically yeah made it so. But it that's is. irrelevant if if Roger's moving two point five percent of the hash over, and then if Bitmain just gets a little bit extra hash in there, and there's so what I was saying is so they could be hiding for instance hash that's either not on, not switched over to Bitcoin Cash yet because if they're mining Bitcoin Cash they're losing money so they want to mine Bitcoin as long as possible, or they could even be pointing their own hash at SV pool to make it seem like they're supporting SV pool. So then you wait till the futures price goes really low on Bitcoin Cash ABC. Then you take your Bitcoin Cash, you split it, and then you sell the SV side for Bitcoin Cash, and you could almost get three to one or whatever it is. And then, and then you show your hand that you have enough hash because Bitmain and Co have so much fucking hash. Like let's be fucking you know serious here. And then they, and then next thing you know. They're digging themselves out of this this huge hole they've built themselves of Bitcoin Cash because they can triple up their position or double up their position at like little to no cost, and they could short it in the meantime. They could do so many shenanigans. It's like so. This is some three D chess right here, Matt. You should be on 
on the team of one of these companies playing these hats. Yeah, no thank you. You can be you can be like the old general in a tent like looking at a map. This is this is how Matt looks right now the, describing the situation. The hash war. The hash war. This is the map. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, that's it's fun playing through those. Yeah, so the fork is tomorrow. So like I've been pretty excited to like watch this shit show unfold. You're um, hoping for a 200 block reorg? Yeah, all I want for Christmas is a 200 block reorg. So the beauty of all of this is this whole time Bitcoin Cash has been one of the least secure chains in the whole market. You know, people are saying, you know, part of the argument that that Bitcoin Cash is the cause of this price collapse across the industry is because all of a sudden people are waking up that a top four coin, uh, you know, could be taken over so easily. Like Bitcoin Cash was never a fucking top four coin. Like just because they pump the price and make the market cap look big or whatever does not make one a top four coin. And it not only that, it's been probably one of the least secure chains in the top 100. Like even like like some random ass shit coin that's at like 75 or something just because it's SHA-256 and it's the minority chain. So there's all this hash, all these ASICs that are sitting around mining Bitcoin that if you're just like a little pool there, you can just come over and you can just fucking reorg their chain. And while they're during during the fork, they're going to be split 50-50. So, you know, they just open all of a sudden up. you need half the, half the hash to attack it. So, like, I would ideally, like, best case scenario here, like, someone fucking just goes for it. <laughs> That's going to be an interesting precedent. Uh, it's another thing I wrote about in the newsletter today is that I have no fucking idea how this is going to play out. But... We know for sure we're going to get a very, very thorough case study on fork economics and hash wars, which is uh, promising. It's well, a good data point to have. Here's the other thing. You know, do you think that if Craig or G or Bitmain lose here, they're not going to go down without a fucking fight? Like, it'll always be in the background especially if Craig loses, it'll always be in the background that at any moment, you know, he might come in and try and try and attack the chain again. Well, I think uh, these guys will go the way that like Garzik and crew went from last year. Um, obviously he was part of the Segwit 2X and Bitcoin, the reason why Bitcoin cash became a thing eventually, but obviously and metronome, the future of cryptocurrency. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, but he didn't really cling on to the Bitcoin cash idea for too long after segwit 2x failed and has sort of just fallen into the ether and not said much recently it seems like actually he's trying to get on everybody's good side now yeah he's trying to you just wait a little bit and then you come in and you say a couple like bullish things about bitcoin yeah and, and then, then people start to forget like all right yeah they're soft all right jeff you got it didn't you? but uh no i think that would be similar i mean craig I mean, obviously like hopefully it just gets to the point where it's like obviously all right thank you well we need these people to lose all their money and then become irrelevant well i think hopefully just like people will realize that they are irrelevant after this whole shit show. Like, I mean, people should have realized they were irrelevant a year ago. Exactly. You know, we've been screaming fucking from the rooftops for such a fucking long time. Well, that's what pisses me off is that we're paying so much attention to this. We just spent seven minutes on this. and Well, I mean, it's real. you know, I think it's these case studies are really important for us because we spent three years arguing about the block size. Right. Yep. And then finally, we had the whole contentious thing go through where we all had to 
run our own nodes and we made it happen and we said fuck you segwit 2x and now we have segwit and all these good things are happening and lo and behold bitcoin cash minority fork bigger blocks they make bigger blocks and and what does craig do this month craig maliciously fills the box full and knocks nodes offline. Yeah, BU nodes, right? Right, and that's exactly that's exactly what we all cautioned about. We said you could have a malicious miner that knocks other miners and other nodes offline by filling blocks with bullshit just yeah. to make them extra expensive and hard to validate. No, and he did it. He literally did it. So now we get to say, next time this fucking comes up, look, you know, it happened. Right, and the irony of the situation is so fucking beautiful. The, uh, there's anti yeah, exactly. there's anti big block Bitcoin cashers now, then that's the whole crux of the debate of the fork war right now. Is how well, they're saying 128 versus 32. Now. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole crux. How big is too big? Exactly. Um, so uh, it'll be a beautiful shit show tomorrow. But that's why it's important to watch. And like the other thing is like, do we have do we have a countdown to what block is the fork at? I don't fucking know. Yeah, I just I. I literally just hope it just all blows up. Yeah, uh, that's my big conspiracy. Go to bitcoinabc.org. They probably say it. Um yeah, but I I just I'm not trading Bitcoin Cash. I just you just cuz it's super Ooh. easy to manipulate. You bitcoinabc.com no SSL security certificate. Not <laughs> sure if I like it. Where are you sending me, Matt? And it's probably wait. That's weird. Just type in Bitcoin ABC into no .org. I said oh .org. Did I just what did I just do? I don't know. Hopefully we didn't get a virus. All right, BitcoinABC.org. which does have an SSL certificate. It um, incident report from September. That was the that was CV. Um, announcements. Yeah, they're not really talking about it too much. I don't oh, know what that's block That's weird. Is. You'd think it would say it on the website. Anyway, it's tomorrow. Um, we have a global audience, Matt. When when is tomorrow? Uh, UTC time. Not please. today. <laughs> tomorrow UTC. It's gonna be and uh, yeah, it should be interesting. I I don't really know of a place to follow it. Oh, they have. Um, what did uh, Bitmex start? Coin, uh, Forkmonitor.info. Is yes. that a, that's a website. Forkmonitor.info will tell you if the fork happened. Um, but like I said, like I mean, you shouldn't be holding big. If you are holding Bitcoin Cash for some reason, you know, God bless your soul. But I would don't don't be <laughs> don't be sending it around tomorrow. There could be some crazy shenanigans can go down. And that's the other thing with this. It just shows you what the issues are when you have low hash rates, right? Where like, where schmucks can just control half of it out of nowhere. Like, this is the kind of issues you have. See, BitMax answering the questions we need answered right now. Bitcoin Cash is expected to conduct a hard fork upgrade at about 1640 UTC on 15th November Look at that. We even got them UTC. Right? There you go. Told you. Forkmonitor.info. Yep. Looks like a quality website. Just checked it out for the first time. There's your free app, BitMax. Oh, BitMax. BitMax is the real winners of today. <laughs> They've just been making bank. They, I literally, my whole crypto, uh, crypto list on my tweet deck has just been BitMax wrecked all day. Some people, was there a 10 million contract liquidation? Is that what we saw? Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I mean, I think it could be like highly levered, right? So yeah, you obviously. don't really know how much. Obviously, they it's highly lost. levered. Somebody wasn't buying 
half the supply of Bitcoin. I don't know. Maybe there's some baby belugas out there. <laughs> How much would that? That would be 50, 50 bill. Wait, it was 10 million Bitcoin or 10 million dollars? contracts. 10 oh, that's, contract that's bigger than a beluga. Yeah. yeah. I thought a contract Damn. was one Bitcoin, right? It, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, so very volatile today. Exciting. I'm actually excited. Oh, no, a contract's $1 on the XBT USD. Okay. I'm pretty sure. All right, not that big then. I mean, US users aren't supposed to use it, so... I oh, we didn't even have this on the oh, list. Oh, Tony Vase. Tone Vase. Oh, poor Tone. He... Uh, he did his short didn't pay off because he closed his account. <laughs> well, you After all that, well, feds, you can tell I don't use Bitmax because I don't know how big a contract is. I like I like to think well the ones that are the altcoins that trade alt to Bitcoin, mm-hmm. those are denominated in oh in the altcoin. Okay, so it's one altcoin per contract. One. I don't know. I might coin. be completely wrong here. Right. Anyway, Tone Tony got his Bitmax account shut down, but he's a U.S. citizen, so he should have anyway. Tone. Tone. He had a five X short tone. I love you, brother, but you, you bonehead move. By yeah, you. and you're like publicizing it. You're posting screenshots of your trades and shit. Yeah. Uh, what did you think was gonna happen? That's all I gotta say about that. There's a little slap on the wrist. Like you, you kicked a hornet's nest. It's gonna, uh, it's gonna shit on you. And it's funny. It's sort of a sort of evil. Bitmax uh, took his account and his referrals, and then. Uh, Bitcoin went down like a thousand dollars. His short would have been. That's what I'm saying. His yeah. short. They basically force liquidated his short, and you know like, everyone knows that feel. Yeah, it sucks. Um, yeah, Bitmex actually came out in defense of the article that Hasu wrote a couple weeks ago, this week, um, which is interesting. Indeed, indeed. Of course, they did. Yeah, as so Hasu. They're not going to say they're trading against their customers. Yeah, so that's actually an interesting article. Article for as glowingly as we talk about Bitmex. Uh, you should have a well-rounded understanding of the news and rumblings around the exchange. So I would go check out Hasu's uh, medium post that he put up a few weeks ago. I don't, we'll put the link. In the he'll p- put the link there yeah. and he'll put a link to BitMEX's response too. Yes. So we cover both sides. Exactly. Um, look, BitMEX is a centralized exchange. They can fuck you if they want to. That's what it comes down to all these centralized exchanges, you know, trusted third parties, there's security holes yep. that might trade against you. Yeah. Um, coin mine. This is something you're you're uh, pretty jacked bang, up bang. about right now. Um, you do not like it. Well, coin mine is like twenty one computer part two. Uh, Balaji is also an investor. Uh, Coinbase Ventures is backing it. Where are they out of? Are they in San Fran? Probably. Do you remember twenty one co? I'm looking at my twenty one computer right here <laughs> on my desk. I know. I'm looking at it too. Uh, Marty bought twenty one co probably for about a bitcoin. I uh, made him no money whatsoever it back in 2015. Didn't make me any money, but it taught me how to interact with the blockchain and pull data from the blockchain, there which you I was go. very thankful for. So if and you learn want how to use the command line, that was a lot, a lot yeah, of fun. But this doesn't even have the command line. So this, oh, so this is an $800 computer that has a $250 graphics card in it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't look like it can be upgraded. Uh, that mines altcoins for you with the gpu yeah they take a five percent cut and they're also it's going to be like a note in a box as well yeah and you're saying it's going to be unprofitable yeah i mean it'll you're better off if you want to go this route you're better off buying like a gaming pc and installing honey miner shout out honey miners one of our sponsors 
Oh yeah, our 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 ref link for the pod is stackingsats.com. Is it working? Yeah, it works from some browsers. I'm not sure. I haven't figured it out. It might not work on it. Give it a shot. If it doesn't work, <laughs> go to honeyminer.com and just fuck our ref link. It doesn't matter. But 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 you know, so Honeyminer basically creates that user-friendly experience that they're trying to give you, but you can use your computer for gaming. They're- you can still you can upgrade your GPU easily if you want to update your graphics card. Like, I don't even think you can update the graphics card in this fucking box. Yeah, like, so that's it's crazy. That's the benefit Honeyminer provides over this service is it's you just use a regular computer. Yeah, you know you can better you can. I think it's Mac and Windows, right? So like you just get it and you. Uh, not sure if they've released Mac yet, but it's definitely is it on only the Windows. Ro- it's on the road. I know it's not on Linux, which sucks. But I mean, it's not like you they're get working. A, they're working on Linux and Mac. It's not like you get a usable computer out of the fucking coin mine anyway. You're better off at the end of the day. Like the only way you're gonna make profit on the coin mine is if you hold the coins and they appreciate in value. And at that point, you're better off just buying the fucking coins with the money you would pay for a coin mine. Yeah, and when I bought the twenty-one co miner, uh, just like how I would recommend buying these products, I I bought that knowing it wasn't going to be profitable. Uh, just, right, you buy it for a loss. You buy it for a loss to learn, and it's a good learning experience. I'm not sure. I can't speak to Coin Mine. I haven't used it. I don't. It's know. like the Casa Hodel note or something. Yeah, exactly. Except so I, this is double the price, and they're pretending like you're going to make a profit on the mining. Like they're they're being a little malicious with their advertising. I, yeah. I don't I don't appreciate. Um, you know, like they're literally telling people in the copy to hodl the coins and then they'll make a profit. So like they're literally trying to convince people to mine for a loss because that's what you're doing. You're fucking losing a dollar a day or whatever it is in electricity to mine for a <laughs> loss at a shitty hash rate. And uh, any of these coins, that if they get ASICs, then your fucking GPU is out of luck. Your GPU is going to get outdated really quickly, too. So that's even going to get worse and worse as time goes on. Yeah. Um, I, w- I would have been way more interested in something like this, even at a markup. Mar- you know, markups are markups. Um, even at a markup, if they had like a mechanism where they were like, a normal user can easily hot swap and add new GPUs. Like if you want to put like, if you want to keep adding, like you pay $250 and you can add another GPU to it and another, and you like slip in a module or something, you know, like that could be a cool thing. But this is yeah, like they're packaging that- a gaming computer, adding an extra margin on top of it and not even letting you game on it. That was a loud ring. No, but what I think you're describing not disturbed too. is, uh, is what Hyundai Miner provides, which is like, hey, we're just going to provide the software. You have the ability to scale up on the hardware side as much as you want. This software is just here to help you. But with that being said, uh, again, I don't want to pour too much water on coin, coin mines fire right now. I Let's do like pour s- all the water on it. I like just seeing soak it. We're soaking it. But I'd be lying because I like seeing these hardware. I love the hardware. The hardware, hardware so products sexy. built and uh, uh, but it's tough love. It. We're giving them tough love. Yeah. You know, but it's make good. it better. Even if it's a failure, it's a data point. You know. I would prefer if they made a product that wasn't an immediate failure instead. <laughs> you know, I cc'd them in the tweet that I was angry about it. You know. Yeah. So that's coin mine. Um, ooh, big election week last week. Here in the states, Bitcoin won. Bitcoin won. So we had two governors: governor of Colorado, the governor of. We got Jared Polis in in Colorado, mm-hmm. first openly gay governor as well, 
And he was like a major, major Bitcoin bull. Yeah. I think he was first one of the first ones to accept donations in Bitcoin. And yeah. he had like an open contest with another Coloradian. Coloradian? And he had that great law that uh, he tried to get passed in Congress, like the fair cryptocurrency law or something it was called. Mm hmm. Um, and then the other one was Gavin Newsom, who was also one of the first ones to accept Bitcoin, but a little bit more toned down than Jared. Jared was very outspoken. Mm -hmm. And he's the governor of California, which is a way bigger state. Yeah, um, it's a big and part home of our to Silicon economy. Valley. Yeah. And then on top of that, uh, not elected to office, but appointed to office, the new attorney general after Jeff Sessions got he, the axe. He didn't actually take donations, Whitaker. But he did tweet about it in 2012. Yeah. Which is, is like, if it was on your radar in 2012, there's a good chance you own some. Yeah. You know? And if, if the attorney general owns some, then we got a little mole. We got, a, we got a mole in the White House, right? Yeah, it's fifth pillar, as Bitcoin sign guy would like to describe. Every politician that owns Bitcoin takes us one step closer to world domination. Yeah, people aren't too happy about him, his overall policies. Though. I have no idea about his overall policies. Neither do I. Uh... I know, I know that he had, he can lift. Yeah, he's apparently he's jacked, <laughs> tatted up and jacked. And I know that he probably owns Bitcoin, and I, uh, you know, I, it's a win. Yeah, so huge I, win. No, that's uh, again, a lot of people like to say that governments are the biggest obstacle that Bitcoin has to overcome in the future, and I would argue that yeah, that's probably true. But the more politicians we get in the office, like Matt said, that own Bitcoin in our uh, inside the Golden Gates, sort of speaking on behalf of it in a positive way, the better. Uh, yeah, we need to co-opt them. Yeah, it's a bit of a Trojan horse strategy here, just uh, trying to infect the minds of, of the people making the laws, and hopefully they will be uh, very, very good laws. Well, the thing is, too... That's a bad end of the tangent there. Is Bitcoin is different than a lot of other assets in that you can get it um, relatively anonymously. Uh, so these politicians could be holding it and no one knows as well. Yeah. Uh, Which makes it particularly viral, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, the elections topic of politicians being voted into office who are uh, pro-Bitcoin and pro-crypto is a good segue into the subject of voting on the blockchain. Is it a good thing, Matt? No. <laughs> Uh, this, uh, yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of hype around. Like, so people uh, are losing confidence in our current voting systems that are run on software pretty pretty quickly, I would say. And it's been proven that the software that is used to tally votes in our uh, country, in the U.S. in particular, I can't speak to other countries though it probably exists there uh, outside of the U.S. as well, uh, is easily hackable. Uh, it's been proven at DevCons and Black Hat. Uh, hacker conferences uh, many times over and a lot of people are trying to say that hey we can fix this with the blockchain but we're here to push back a little bit and say hey this may, may not be as advantageous as some people think um, well what's really funny actually is that back in 2014 the reason I know that blockchain voting is not the you know miracle that people think it is is because back in 2014, I was freelance writing for, for like TechCrunch and Entrepreneur and stuff about Bitcoin. And I pitched a blockchain voting, a Bitcoin voting article to New York Times. So the reason all of this is on topic is because 
New York Times released an op-ed that said blockchain voting could solve all our problems. <laughs> I pitched the same exact article to New York Times editorial board in 2014, November 2014 for that election. And they actually discussed it at the table. Like they discussed it and then they turned me down. And then I published it in TechCrunch, I think, instead. And then once I published it, I had a bunch of actual voting researchers reach out to me and they're like, can we shoot your ear off? Like, we want to talk about this. And then I proceeded to have multiple conversations with them where I realized that all of my understanding of it was completely wrong. What was wrong? And the main thing is, is secret ballots. So the reason you have public polling places where no one else is allowed to go into the voting booth with you and there's witnesses there to make sure that doesn't happen is because if someone knows for sure how you voted, it's really easy to buy or force someone to, you know, blackmail someone into voting the way you want, you know? If, if you know your wife exactly how your wife voted, you can tell her that if she doesn't vote that way, you know, like, she gets beat at night. Or, what? Or uh, if I want to buy a vote for you for $25, like, it's, I'm way more likely to, to buy that vote if I, if I can tell, like, Marty voted this way, right? Like, I know for sure. Yeah, I would never lay a hand on my wife. Yeah, I, I meant the metaphorical you. I know, the, I know, I know. I'm kidding. I kid. No, but uh, it's, it's, it's like vote buying is a big problem with blockchain. Any kind of remote sy- voting system. Because like you could have the say, person standing say, behind you. Even saying blockchain voting system is like... Just it like, sounds horrible. Right? Um, and then on top of that, you have Sybil, Sybil attacks, which have not been solved yet. How do you know that it's one person per vote and blah, blah, blah? It's, yeah, I mean, you could do it similar way but then you don't know if 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 it's based on private keys then you can the private keys could be sold or compromised or or whatever but but yeah all these remote voting things you always have the same issue where like literally you can do all the tech stuff and if you can vote from your phone or from your computer you can just have the person standing behind you either paying you or coercing you to vote and, and they, they can just, just watch the screen as you click the fucking button and they can just take your phone and you're not looking to vote on your behalf yeah Something like that simple. Or just give you $25, you hand them the phone, and then they vote on your behalf. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Uh, so that's an inherent problem that you just can't solve. That just, it's un- unsolved. You need public polling places with, with a secret ballot. Yeah. Uh, but we're always trying to give out future business ideas. So if you're looking to play vote arbitrage on the future, maybe you gotta think about starting how you can uh, make a buying vote startup. A buying vote startup. <laughs> I mean, I, I could see, I think there will be all the, there's a lot of chains. There's a lot of alt chains that rely on on-chain governance. Yeah. So we're going to have interesting, like smart contract implementation and stuff of vote buying, I think, where you like submit your signed message that shows that you voted a certain way and then they pay you out a distributed amount of money and then people can post bounties to buy votes and stuff like that. Yeah, Decred is probably... Decred, Tezos. I think there's a couple unlaunched ones. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, definitely, again, more data points uh, from a case study perspective. I think they're going to fail beautifully, but we'll see. Well, I mean, you have something similar with with current shareholder votes for companies and stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I get, when it's time for my shareholder vote, I get uh, an email from... TD Ameritrade or whoever you use, you get an email and they're like, do you want to vote? And you click the link and you like put in your share number and they like, your vote is weighted by how much you own. And like that works for companies. But the thing is, if you want a certain level of integrity, you can't do that. 
so for some things it might be okay, but for major, major things like, you know, the global reserve currency, like it could be a bad idea or for, for the president of the United States, like it could be a bad idea because, because of those issues you have. Yeah. Um, no, that's a interesting highlight of different use cases in which decentralization is better and centralization is more favored. It yeah, nothing's be, black and white, right? Yeah. The whole meme of we have to decentralize the world is probably poisoning the well a little bit because well, I would like to decentralize the world. Decentralize all the things that are possible, encrypt all the things that exactly. are possible well, within practice. But you would agree that not everything needs to be decentralized. A decentralized toilets, I think, would be, <laughs> be awesome. No, yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. Yeah, I do. I do think someone should come up with an Airbnb for toilets. Like, if you need to go in the bathroom, like, no, God, no. Why not? It's a terrible idea. Why is that a terrible idea? You could have. Because if you're the type of human that is okay with would there be ratings? random humans coming into your house and you taking a dump? You set your price. It's a market price. You like set your price. Some people might charge more. Some people might charge less. Some people might have an extra bathroom they just use as their Airbnb bathroom. Freaks! I want you, you know? to know this is not a future business idea. I endorse. Okay. This might be a future monetization strategy of TFTC here. You know, sounds, we don't know. Sounds like a stinky business deal, if you ask okay, me. Okay, there we go. All right. Great um, idea. So voting on the blockchain, be careful. Probably not ready for it yet. Uh, I love those. Those are my favorite <laughs> parts of the pod. Uh, on to the next one, Ether Delta. Uh, ran into the SEC. Long, long arm of the law. La, la, la. The long arm of the law. Caught up to them. They got a couple fines, I believe, and decentralized exchange. <laughs> um, SEC came at, after them, fined them for running an illegal security exchange, I believe, um, and not doing proper unregistered broker dealer. Yeah, uh, probably the same. Something thing. like that. Yeah, I know. Someone said to me like, "Oh, it wasn't about KYC. It was about being unregistered broker dealer or something." But like, I don't think you could be a registered broker dealer without KYC. So it's like all fucking intertwined anyway. Yeah, it's semantics at that point. Um, but the point is, these exchanges aren't decentralized if they have a founder that's bringing an ROI. Well, let's uh, let's be true to the situation here. Apparently, from what I'm understanding, the underlying smart contracts of Ether Delta are still decentralized. It's just the whole. Um, they just went after the founder. Who sold it, I think. Yes, I believe he sold it uh, months ago for like $4 million or something like that. Uh, but I believe like the smart contracts that make Ether Delta work are still decentralized. So there's no, is there no centralized interface? How I, do you I believe that, yeah. So I believe you can interact with the smart contract if you're, you're, you have the know-how to, to do it without the interface. All I know is... If you're that is, I do not know that for a hundred percent certainty. That is what I believe I saw and read. Well, neither of us have ever used Ether D- Delta. No, I have not. Um, I mean, Radar Relay today. So IDEX announced they were complying with, uh, which is another major decentralized exchange announced that they were complying with the New York Bit license. They're going to block New York users a couple weeks ago, and then Radar Relay announced. That today, I think they announced that they're doing KYC. Yep. And not listing securities. Um, so, like, the whole point of these decentralized exchanges are two things. You don't want to trust the exchange with custody because they might, like, gox you and steal your coins. Um, and you want to break regulations. 
You don't want to do KYC and all those things. If a decentralized exchange can't offer those two things, it's going to lose out to a, a, a true decentralized exchange that can. And I just broke a glass. Ooh. Um, Watch your feet. Yeah, so let's continue. So I... <laughs> It's okay. We'll clean it up after. Yeah, I hit it with my foot because I was lounging on his couch. Uh, so they're going to get fucked. Like if, if you don't offer that, if you're not actually truly decentralized, you've been able to get by up until this point as just using it as a marketing term. But as soon as governments start enforcing this stuff, which is happening right now, like the curtain is pulled back and it's like immediately obvious. Yeah. Um, so this is just... A slow, ongoing, uh, basically, story. People have been saying that the authorities and the regulators are going to go after these projects for a while now, and uh, slowly but surely, the SEC over the last few months in particular has begun enforcement, definitely sending a shot across the bow of the industry, particularly if you're uh, messing with uh, unregistered securities in the eyes of the U.S. government. Or the regulatory body. And the problem here is is that the guys that run these things, they're aware of this. They know that that they're the the founders and the investors, when you have American founders that are public and not anonymous, and you have investors that are rich and not anonymous, they know that they're exposed here. They know the US government can crack down on them, but they have no other option. Because to do it any other way, they don't get to make a profit. So they're just going for it. And if they get forced to comply, they'll comply. And then they'll lose. But they don't have any other choice. There's no choice here for them, really, besides losing out on profit. Yeah, the classic don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. Exactly. Uh, strategy. It's a good one. It's worked in the past. Uh, but it's ephemeral in this case, I would argue. Um, Matt's going to get some materials to clean up the glass that he just broke. He's getting another glass, actually. Um, yeah, so that that happened. I'll clean up. I'll clean up after the pod. I I don't want to get distracted and miss out on your. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just if you're running or using a decentralized exchange, there's no these risks exist, and uh, they will be exploited by the authorities in due time at some point in the future. You don't know when. Uh, it'll just happen at some point. You'll wake up one day. And you won't have access to your account, so be careful and only allocate uh, as many funds as you're willing to lose to these types of services. And that was the public service announcement from Rabbit Hole Recap for the day. Uh, a lot of bearish news, a lot of bearish talk so far. So I thought it would be good to throw in a topic uh, that's a good fundamental for Bitcoin in particular. Last week, uh, there was a merge into the Bitcoin Core repository uh, that went underlooked in my my opinion, I wrote about it in the bent last Friday, I believe, uh, but emerge PR from Ryanovsky, uh, which is a refactor to start start the process to separate the wallet from the node, which is a very uh, technical news item, but it is an important step uh, apparently for people working on the Bitcoin Core repository in particular, the process of developing. Uh, Developing on top of Bitcoin is arduous right now because you have to interact. You have to be careful the way 
you develop uh, and write your code because it interacts right now the way the GUI is set up with the wallet and the node. Uh, you have to be very cautious of how they interact with each other. And to make that process less arduous, uh, the core team wants to separate the wallet uh, from the node in the Bitcoin core GUI and make it so they can be more efficient working on each separate function. Yeah, it just makes sense. It's a long-term goal that makes a lot of sense. You know, if you update the wallet, you don't want it to affect consensus. Yeah. So the, uh, Marco Falke, who is a core dev, I believe, said this is the first step in clarifying the internal interfaces, but hopefully a step in making the project maintainable in the long run. Still a long way to go until full separation. So again, this is not going to solve all the problems overnight, but it just is... Just another step. Yeah, a step in the right direction. Slowly but surely, patience. Uh, like like we said, this stuff is not going to happen overnight. And talking about bears, I just uh, doubled down with Marty and Murad. I, did you agree to this this double down? I assume you will because yeah, the momentum's agree. on your side. I definitely agree to it. We uh, we doubled down on our stake on our stake bet. It's going to be a porterhouse at a at a two star Michelin restaurant. Yeah, um, that was Murad's choice. How many stars? FYI, for what it's worth, I just said deal. Uh, deal. I'm in. Uh, Murad's got some good taste, uh, champagne taste in this bear market. I'm sure he's very, very happy with the way things turned out today, uh, or, bear, or short-term bearish Murad. Um, yeah, I guess our last topic is, I wanted to touch on, because I wrote about it a couple times in the last week, is the China debt situation. Um, and I just think it's good to put things in a bigger macro perspective every once in a while. And uh, I think... The geopolitical situation, particularly between the U.S. and China right now, is very interesting because both countries find themselves in a particularly precarious situation from a monetary and debt perspective. And uh, it seems like they're playing a game of geopolitical s- chicken on on the main like geopolitical stage, I would say. Um, do you have anything to say about this? Or should I just riff off of it? I mean... On a macro sense, I I don't really see how so here's here's everything ha- gets unraveled, you know, properly. Yeah, exactly. So here's the situation. Here's the situation I like you freaks to think about. So uh, I would argue I don't know for sure. I'm not sitting uh, in the meetings that uh, the leaders of China and other leading nations of the world are having, but it seems as though. A uh, few countries are positioning themselves to attempt to overtake the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency of the world. Um, and to do that, China has to keep its balance sheet and its growth looking pretty pretty good in the short term to give people confidence in the yuan to make this happen. And China finds itself between a rock and a hard place with its debt situation where, like many of the central banks around the world, China pumped a bunch of debt into its economy, uh, drove up asset prices, and... Uh, in recent years have since tried to uh, wind that debt down a little bit and is leading to economic uncertainty where unemployment starting to rise. And in China, when unemployment rises, it's particularly fickle because you have uprisings from uh, the lower classes and there's been rumors of bank runs and stuff like that. So at a time when China and other countries are trying to usurp the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency of the world, they find themselves in this rock and a hard place uh, at the same time, the U.S. not doing much better. We have Donald Trump begging uh, Chairman Powell on Twitter to lower rates because it's hurting our economy, as we've seen this week, today in particular. Markets were tanking again, so during this very precarious time of the ge- grand geopolitical stage, like people 
are playing 3D chess at a nation state level, thinking maybe uh, years ago we're thinking maybe a new currency would usurp the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency of the world. It turns out uh, the reserve that they thought would be usurping the U.S. dollar might not be as stable as previously thought. So maybe this is this is an opportunity for Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, so that was my long rant on it. And this is completely hypothetical. It's just something I think people should think about. I think the time has come for money to be separate from state. Yeah. And I think that people will realize it slowly. And the long-term investment thesis for Bitcoin is a very simple one, that the more people that buy it, the higher the price will go. And not many people have bought it yet. So when people start to realize that they actually have an option that they can opt out of of all this bullshit being in the middle of these geopolitical games. Yeah, exactly. And including including the dictators and the government personnel and stuff who don't want it that are in America because America has this great deal where we can just inflate away all of our debt like we can just print money that we use to pay off our debt and everyone else gets a bad rap so as they start to realize it it'll just create a a domino a domino style effect with with either bitcoin or or derivative of bitcoin uh, taking over and that's why we show up every day here at the tftc network just to make people more aware of this option and uh try to fight for it a little bit that's uh that's all i'm trying to do here should we do a wasabi check-in? Uh, you should run it. And Looks like you're going to do it. <laughs> you, should, you, should, you should run it and, and use Wasabi Wallet, wasabiwallet.io. The more people that use it, the, the better it works, the quicker it works, and the more private it is for us. It gives you, it gives you uh, additional privacy when using Bitcoin. I saw somebody tweet at us. They downloaded it because uh, they listened to the pod. Yep. Shout out. So, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but shout out to you. It was, I don't think it's his actual username, but it's Hoddle Me Tighter. Oh, yes, yes. But that's not his actual username, I don't think. Yeah. Shout out to Hoddle Me Tighter with a nice tux in his Abby. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I Wasabi's been going well. I've been giving it some liquidity, uh, but we need more people. We need more people to use it. You know, I, if you don't care about your privacy, nobody else will. So you got to care about your privacy, people. How do we make people care about their privacy? What if people just don't give a fuck, dude? Well, that's why I really like how Join Market has an incentive layer. So I'm like kind of hoping. I know Whirlpool Samurai's implementation is supposed to have an incentive layer. Basically, like if you put money up to to get Coin Joined around, you get paid part of the fees. People love money, you know. <laughs> like they that's don't true. they don't care about their privacy as much as they care about money. So if you tell them. You can get paid. We're going to increase your privacy and your net worth big, at the same big time. Big fan monetary incentives for things. As like toilets. Mind. Like if you need to pee. It's a bad there future. There should be a free market for toilets. I do not I do not endorse this bad future business idea. I, I mean, I love the RV idea. RV is a good one. Yeah, the RV aircraft carriers. Yeah, you don't have your personal. autonomous RV. goes to the autonomous RV aircraft carrier. You go around the world in 60 days or whatever. That would be fun. That'd be pretty fun. Right. But what is if you need a toilet on the way? You should have a free market for toilets. I think it goes hand in hand with everything you and Pierre were talking about. Um, 
It's called Starbucks. You go and you buy a coffee, you get the <laughs> it's code. It's called Starbucks. What's your code? <laughs> Can I have a macchiato? No, I drink my coffee black. Thank you. And that was the hardest statement of the pod. Do we have anything else to talk about? What's the price now? Have we, we're on like we're on Bitcoin Ooh, Death Watch. We're up to five eight two. Oh wow! Climbing back Look towards six. Marty, did you? Oh Marty, there was a there was a tweet today where it looked like you might have capitulated. Did you capitulate? You'll never know. You'll never know. He didn't capitulate. If he capitulated, I wouldn't be doing the pod with him anymore. I I, I said point blank that I would fork the pod. No, I'm uh. I have resigned myself to the fact that I'm going down with the ship if it goes down. This is where we earn our fucking keep. This is where everyone says, and in I, two years, oh, that was fucking easy. Let me clarify. Holding through that. Let me clarify so we're responsible. I'm holding on to money I can afford to lose if, if it all goes to shit. Um, yes. I would suck. That's, I mean, if you go down with the ship... You die. Like, that is what that <laughs> metaphor means. You know, the Titanic goes down. You're on the fucking ship. You don't get in the lifeboat. You die. Right? Some people made it up. The they didn't go. Not the people that went down with the ship. The chef did. The <laughs> chef got go so drunk, he didn't freeze in the water. You didn't know this about but the Titanic? But he didn't go down with the ship. Yes, he jumped off of it. Right. So he didn't go down with the ship. Right, he panic sold. Yeah. Well, I'm going down with the ship. If it, he panic- it went to zero. He, like, panic sold BitConnect. You know? And it... But with that being said, like I don't feel like the ship is going down at all. I'm uh, more bull. Are you? I, I'm more bullish than I was last year. Oh yeah, and that's what I wanted to say. Like in 2014, 2015, there was a real, there was real worry that it was going to zero. Like people were like, I was legit. It wasn't this. No, it was not this. I don't think it's going to go to zero. I think obviously, Lindy, everything, blah blah blah. The amount of capital that's that's been thrown into this industry. Uh, I think it's sort of uh, hooked itself into our psyche and our economy. I don't think it's going anywhere. That's another thing to watch. Uh, completely unrelated. Oh, I, I also don't think... I mean, look, we're the biggest fucking Bitcoin bulls there are. you know. But this is where we earn our keep. They're going to say to us in three years that we were lucky and that we did it. We, it, was all for, it was all easy money and that we didn't deserve it and that the Bitcoin distribution is unfair. And I just want you to remember this feeling today where you're like, holy fucking shit, I don't want to tell my dad that I lost all my money. <laughs> <laughs> and, and realize that you earned it in two years. You know, you did. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is, I mean, going to like psychology of markets, like this is a time when money is made, you don't, people who bought it like 17,000 at the height of the mania last year, like can't honestly expect to make money that easily. Uh, this is when there's blood on the streets, the best time to buy, as people say. And I'm not saying go buy Bitcoin. I mean, we right could go now. a lot lower. I'm not saying go buy Bitcoin right now. Make sure it's in your risk tolerance and have a plan. I like the dollar cost averaging idea. You know, you just buy a little bit uh, every week. Um, out of your paycheck that, you know, you go on a cash app and you just buy a little bit that, that you feel comfortable losing. If you're a cigarette smoker, you know, don't smoke two packs of cigarettes that week, buy $20 of Bitcoin and then do that every week. And then maybe knock out another pack of cigarettes, buy $30 a week of Bitcoin. And you can just do it all the way down and you might be down a bunch of money, but long term that should it should go up short term it's all gambling you don't really know it's a liquid market it can go up and down thousand dollars in a day like today (laughs) you don't really know so that if you dollar cost average you just level that all out and then long term you should be that's like my strategy at least mine as well it's 
worked up to this point. But I have a completely unrelated topic that I feel like we should cover just real quick before we end. Let's rip it. How much time are we at? Uh, 55 minutes. We got five 55 minutes. minutes. Perfect. We got five minutes. Make or die. Ooh. So make or die is a... Stable coin. Uh, but it's different than all the other stable coins because the other stable coins have their value because there's dollar bills in a bank account and then you have a trusted third party in between that is like, I will exchange your dollars for tokens. Um, make or die is collateralized by Ethereum. So it's fully smart contract based. I think it is definitely least trust minimized, but I think it's trustless. It's pretty cool. Um, yes. But if the price of Ethereum falls then those contracts get liquidated. Yes, and there's a price point at which a lot of... Ooh, we're really close. What is it, like 50 set, 157? 157, 8 million uh, Ethereum get liquidated. 8 million die worth of Ethereum get liquidated. So $8 million worth of Ethereum get liquidated. And then it just goes up dramatically after that point. So like you hit like 120 or something like that, there's like a lot of liquidations. So be on the lookout for the maker die. It could cascade. It could be. It could be a kind of a, a bit of a clusterfuck. Yeah, and uh, as we all know, Bitcoin is the ship that dictates these markets. So if it keeps hovering down, I would imagine Ethereum would would follow suit as well as most of the or all of the market. Um, so, oh, the other thing I was looking up was I was looking up. Uh, I was looking up uh, a lot of times the the main sellers. Constant sellers in the market are Bitcoin miners, right? Because they have real costs. Yes. They have... Um, CapEx, OpEx, energy. Yeah, rent, labor. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they have to pay that in fiat, so they have to sell. So like they're selling like 80% of their coins or whatever. Um, we currently... The amount of coins being produced every day is, I think, on average, 1,800. It's 12 and a half times six times, times 24. 24. I'm pretty sure it's 1800, which is about $11 million mm-hmm. per day. So anyone who tells you that your weekly buy doesn't make a difference is full of shit. Because if you have a million people buying $10 a day, it's that's the security spend. It's eating that. That liquidation. That instant, that amount, and especially if they're, they're not all selling, some of them are hodling, mm-hmm. the extra, at least, of their expenses. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Very yeah. good point. Yeah, um, exactly. And as those adoption numbers go up, and as the Bitcoin amount goes down, we, we're starting to see a, almost a flippening of, of that downward sell pressure. Yeah, and I would uh, advise you freaks to go check out Pierre Rochard's recent article on buyers of last resort. Yeah, different- he was the one who made me think of it because he's always talking about how everyone discounts the humble Bitcoiner who is taking part of his paycheck every week and just adding buy pressure to the system. Right. And like together, we can all corner the market of Bitcoin. You know, we can make this a self-fulfilling prophecy if we all just buy. The price will go up. Let's do this, freaks. And you can buy <laughs> using the Cash App. Go download the Cash App today. Yeah, the- use our code CRYPT for 0% discount. We don't have a code. Yeah, not yet. Hashtag Marty Ben if you want to send me anything. Yeah, tweet at Jack and uh, tell him to give us a code. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. We're working on some Marty's working behind on the scenes. It. Um, yeah, uh, been a crazy week, crazy day in particular. 
I'm so excited for tomorrow. We may, yeah. So be on the lookout, uh, 1640. Oh, my God. UTC Twitter's going to be time. so much fun tomorrow. Let's have it fun. It was a lot of fun today. Uh, if it's uh, The volatility's back. Bitcoin's back, baby. <laughs> you know, no one wants fucking stablecoin Bitcoin. We all want 10% moves a day. Yeah. Both ways. You know, if you can't take the, if you can't take the down, then you can't take the up, man. Uh, I agree. And for you freaks that are... I pretty much cleaned up this glass. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I was expecting that. I hope you would. Yeah, obviously. Naturally. For you freaks that... Kind of a weak glass. ...are avid listeners of Rabbit Hole Recap, we may be moving this show permanently to Wednesday. I like Wednesdays better. I I like Wednesdays too. Uh, Probably not good for next week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Thanksgiving. I, I gotta go home. Oh, it's Thanksgiving. Fuck. Yeah. If that, well, are we just gonna skip an episode for Thanksgiving? I don't think so. We can do it Monday. We'll do Monday. Yeah. So we'll do Monday next week, and then after that, we're gonna do Wednesdays. Yeah, like, it's that. like this is like the only Wednesday of the year that's more inconvenient than a Monday. Yeah. Um. Now Thanksgiving snuck up on me. I was like, holy! I was checking my calendar yesterday, and we have a lot of things to be thankful for. Yeah. Segwit two X not passing. Life. Um. Friendship. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. We're on we're on completely different wavelengths. Being born at this point in time. Yeah, our partners. Um yeah, my partner in crime. Shout out to her. Uh I hope you freaks enjoyed this edition of Rabbit Hole Recap. Shout out to our sponsor, Bonobo. Go to Bonobo to the moon. Bonobo. I got this completely wrong. Bonobo. It's <laughs> fucking baboon. It's baboon bags. They're dope, durable, lifetime guarantee bags. That are, are pretty fucking cheap. Baboon2themoon.com. And, and you should just, you know, step away from the computer. Don't let the bear market get you down. You know, walk away. Go on a little trip. Bring a nice bag with you from Baboon Bags. Use our, use our code, CRYPT, C-R-Y-P-T. 10% off. C-R-Y-P-T. Yes. 10% off because we got a promo code, even though Cash App didn't give us a promo code. Tweet out to McAllen. Tell them to go fuck themselves for not giving us a fucking sponsorship. <laughs> we are not drinking McAllen tonight. I am not going to tell you what we are drinking until they secure a sponsorship this time. And uh, buy Bitcoin. Buy Bitcoin. That's all we have for this week, freaks. Peace and love. Oh, and subscribe, resubscribe. Do that. Unsubscribe, resubscribe. Unsubscribe, resubscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. Leave reviews. Do the whole shabam. Thank you for listening. Peace and love. Adapt or die.